interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 73 of the DC Comics Review Show. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. I'm here today to talk to you about the glory of proper public washroom etiquette. <laughs> I was not expecting uh, that. All right, there we go. And uh, Josh. Pick up the fucking phone. <laughs> I'm just here for the class. Yeah. I don't know what else is going on. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yes, yeah. Uh, this week we will be covering uh, Robin's number three, I Am Batman, number 14, Black Manta, number four, Robin and Batman, number two, Batgirls, number one, Teen Titans Academy, number nine, Wonder Girl, number six, Wonder Woman, 782, and The Joker, number 10. And of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. Uh, for all our supporters out there, we are moving to a new website called Buy Me A Coffee. Um, I don't know a ton about the site. I was really just informed before we started recording about it, but apparently you can support us there by one-off payments. That sounds weird. Uh, one-off donations. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah one-off donations. You can do one-off payments and monthly uh, payments. Monthly payments, just... I guess, whatever it is. Um, I'm assuming it'll tell you on the site. I, I have not been there, but um, yeah, that, that's where we are now. So you can find that and uh, support us and the rest of the Not A Robot Podcast shows at buymeacoffee.com forward slash N-A-R podcasts. But with that out of the way, let's get to some news. Uh, guys, what's new with you this week? What's new in the comic world? Uh, personally... I am potentially, if things go according to plan, I'm up for another promotion. What? I'm going to act like it. I'm so surprised. <laughs> we just heard that, but it's all good. Congratulations. This is my fault, guys. I uh, I kind of caused a technical what? difficulty, so oh we my had God. to restart. I don't know what you're talking about. Sean. What? This is the first time. Yeah. You guys know that if yeah. I was a comic book character, I'd be the kind that broke the fourth wall, uh, right? Like, <laughs> uh, fourth wall, would, you be, would you be Ambush Bug or Deadpool? Oh. Or Gwenpool. Gwenpool. Can I be Stitch? Yes. <laughs> then I will be Stitch. Oh, Stitch is awesome. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Um, as far as comic book news goes, I've been a little wrapped up this week, but I do know that Monolith and Warner Brothers Interactive uh, have announced a video game about Wonder Woman. And I got to be honest, I am pretty interested in this. It's supposed to be a single world or excuse me, <laughs> a single-player open-world like action-adventure game, an original story, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's not going to be some kind of mashup of online shit. It'll just be a single-player game, and hopefully they'll be able to focus more on the game instead of the mechanics that come along with online play. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Nice. We all know how good the Arkham games were, and that just showed how well a single-player DC experience can go. 
Batman or not, it really doesn't matter. It, it can go very well, so I'm super excited for this. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, the monolith is the one that was, uh, they, they got famous for the Middle Earth series, and this is the first thing that they have made since Shadow of War, so it's pretty exciting for anybody that's, uh, that's into those games. It's been five years since we've seen anything from the studio. I'm happy. Uh, well, yeah, what about you, Brandon? Any uh, exciting news in your neck of the woods? Uh, nothing new for me, at least. Uh, we're basically at the end of finals week, which has been really nice. I'll have a, a, a good long break to uh, to enjoy myself, which I'm really looking forward to. And um, like I said, I think I've mentioned before, but I just have this huge stack of trades that I've kind of built up since near Comic-Con that I haven't had a chance to read. But I'm really looking forward to getting into those, so... Um, I, I'm, I'm hopefully going to enjoy that. Um, but yeah, other than that, nothing, uh, nothing really new, um, in my neighborhood at least. So maybe we can talk about some new comic book stuff or new comic book related stuff as well. Um, so Rob, Brandon's I believe... Brandon's talking about relaxing and reading some trades while he's on, uh, break yeah. from the stress of finals, but that, that's that going to be, be nice. around his seven other extracurricular activities that <laughs> yeah. he's still going to be doing on break. Yeah. Yeah. I really, <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping that I can actually have some time aside from the, the other, other things that I do uh, to where I can just like, I can just look up and be like, I have absolutely nothing to do. I can just enjoy that for like a day. Uh, it'll be really nice. But, um, yeah, no, it, in terms of comic stuff, I, I don't know that I have a ton of news. Um, but there were a couple announcements for some new books that are coming up in 2022, uh, and I believe Rob good. has has one of them. So I'm going to let you get started. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just saw it today. I think it just dropped down the wire today. As far as I know, uh, Tom King has announced a new Batman title, six issue mini called Batman Killing Time, and it's going to feature him going up against the Riddler penguin and Catwoman, at least what it's being billed as but there's also art of him taking on killer croc as well mm. so we will see how that goes and the, at least the plot is the trio Catwoman, riddler and penguin are going to be taking on a big heist to steal some ancient artifact that is in the possession of bruce wayne and batman is going to do his damnedest to stop them and it's going to be a lot of fun and action and not a lot of talking hopefully I mean, so, you didn't you didn't mention the big draw. Oh, David Marquez is doing the art. Of course, yeah. Yeah, no, Amazing that's the David only Marquez. thing. Yeah. Like normal, he gets paired with phenomenal artists. Yeah, it's like it, sure we'll give it a shot. Like we give everything a shot, but it's not because it's Tom King in my book. It's because it's due diligence. His last three books have sucked. I don't have faith in this one. Well, I, I will I, agree. His last few books did suck, but <laughs> I, 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 I'm holding out hope for this one. <laughs> yeah, as, as someone who is generally on the outside of these things, um, and there, there are some books that I've enjoyed. Like I, I even did enjoy, and, and uh, I'm probably one of about 20 select people, but I did enjoy Strange Adventures um, uh, quite a lot. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that this one will be uh, enjoyable as well. I think I'm probably the only one on this show that's still reading Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow and actually yeah. enjoying it. So 
Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my I'm a completionist is, and I haven't picked that up. Yeah. No, I've, uh, I've been reading all six issues regularly. So, um, it should, mm. uh, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's still got me hooked, so we'll see. But um, I think, you know, for a six-issue miniseries, you know, it'll probably be entertaining. I think it's being billed as something that's probably a little less, um, uh, I don't know, philosophical or whatever. It's probably just going to be, you know, more of like a fun action Batman type of thing, like all-star Batman. Not All Star Batman and Robin, mind you, just All Star Batman. <laughs> yeah, um, make that clarification. Yeah, Snyder and, and Ramita Jr. a couple of years back. So, yeah, it should be good. Sequel to All Star Batman and Robin is Batman just walking around punching people in the nards. Well, there was talk of a sequel to that book, which I, to this day, I still hold out hope that they're going to make it just to see how crazy what? it would be. Um, oh, it's crazy. I could see yeah. Yeah, well well that was the thing. It's like be a bunch of crazy the, and the first people time will I, listen to that. Yeah, well the first and, time I remember the first time I read it, it was like if you go in knowing it is just abysmal, it's terrible. You actually have a pretty fun time just seeing how wacky and depraved it gets. So the first time I read it, it was like it's actually almost enjoyable in a sense where it's like this is terrible, but it's really entertaining. Yeah. Um, I, I can I can sound that for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I would I would just it would it would be a hoot and and like there's so many lines from that book that are just hilariously bad that I can still <laughs> quote like on a daily basis. Yeah. If yep. there was a sequel, we all know what it would be called, right? What? All Star Goddamn Batman. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was like, that's a thing. I I I know they will never do it because people are just like, this is terrible. And I don't know that it's sold that well, but part of me just wants to see, like, if you did do a sequel, what would happen? Like, how crazy Wait, would you get? Hold on. Are we talking all-star all Batman or all-star Batman and Robin? All-star Batman and Robin. I, I mentioned all-star Batman. Um, that's the Snyder and Romita Jr. title from 2017. As uh, I th- And I mentioned that as kind of like a, an action-themed Batman book, but... I, I was trying to make the difference between All-Star Batman and All-Star Batman and Robin, which is okay. not a good book, but it, like, like Robin and yeah. I were saying, it is very entertaining to read uh, because you know it's bad. It's, 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 it's entertaining like in the same sense as driving down the freeway and watching a Mazda Miata drive under a semi. Yes. It's that it's, kind of it's, entertaining. It's, how, it's like a car accident. How you crazy, can't peel your yes. eyes away from how, it. How off the rails can we get is, uh, is probably the analogy I would oh. use. It's like... A... So off the rails have gone away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, oh, God. But why does that make it a good book? Oh, oh I didn't... Yeah, no, I didn't say it was it's, good. It's just it's, entertaining yeah. because of how bad yeah, it is. Yeah, there's, there's a difference between something that is good and something that is entertaining. Something that is good yeah. is something that's, like, I would say pretty thought-provoking. Something that is entertaining is something that just keeps your attention, at least for me. And that book does a great job of that, not because it is good, yeah. but because you just want to see how much worse it gets. Yeah. Then like, why like, don't you watch Titans? Um, <laughs> no, that's that's not entertaining. That's bad in the sense. Oh shit, that sounded objective. That to me, that is not to me that is not good in the sense that I want to see how bad it gets. It's just like wow, this is depressing. I would rather watch something else. Um, yeah, maybe maybe if it if it really leaned into it to the point where it's like okay this is absurd I might be able to have some fun with it but um, 
Yeah, that one is just like... Never going to get to the level dude, of Doom Patrol. No, yeah, no. Well, it won't get... get yeah, no, but yeah. I'll tell you this, uh, since I know you won't watch it. Red Hood. Red Hood kills Hawk. Oh, joy. He blows him the hell up. There's no coming back from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's probably another reason why I wouldn't watch it. I don't need to see <laughs> that. Apparently, It was an emotional, was it was an emotional scene. Would you say, Rob? Uh, so I, uh, apparently, Alan Richmond was all for it too. He was when he heard about it and he read the script. He's like, "Yeah, no, let's let's do it. It'll be a, a send off to the character." Yeah, he's a good, good actor. Mm-hmm. And he made a good hawk. Oh, he made yeah. a good hawk at the end of his career, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But um. <laughs> What, what, what was that? He played, I think, three DC characters, but I'm having trouble remembering the third. I know he was in Smallville. Yeah, he was, he was Aquaman. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't remember the third. Anyway. Oh, me either. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it for news. <laughs> Or Brandon, did you? Have oh any? yeah, no, not quite. Um, so yeah, I, just a, a couple announcements, but some that I think are pretty exciting still. Um, one that has kind of been teased for a little while, but I think uh, I think all of us are just uh, are very excited to see that it's officially been announced, and that is the uh, Batman Superman. Yes, I know. I can hear your groans of oh another Batman, but I promise there's something a little extra to it. But that is the Batman Superman World's Finest number one. A new series from Dan Mora and... Drum roll, please. <laughs> and, and yes, uh, you heard me right, uh, Mark Wade, uh, The legendary Mark Wade, writer of a lot. Just go to his Wikipedia page and you'll get the sense of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's very exciting because, I mean, as far as I know, it'll be the first number one series that he's headlined since like 2007 um, after it's been 52. been a long so. time. Yeah, and you know, there was all the inter-office drama between him and um, uh, DiDio and um, um, the other guy, Bob Harris. Um, so all, all those people who are no longer there uh, have basically created a vacuum from which uh, Mark Wade can enter, uh, or for which Mark Wade can enter. So um, I think that, that this series, at least, it will be quite exciting. It's set in the past, so... It's not interfering in any modern-day continuity. It can kind of just peacefully do its own thing without having to worry about tying into anything. And I mean, based on the cover alone, it's it's going to be a lot of stuff. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, between keeping Mark Wade out of DC and what I heard about the actual plans for Superman in the 5G project, I am so glad that those two are gone. Yeah, there was definitely some stuff. Um, although I, they I, were gonna make I, Superman a white, a right wing conspiracist, uh, a conspiracy authoritarian. Yeah, but I, I did, I did listen to the uh, podcast in which Morrison mentioned that. I almost have to wonder because um, he sort of, he sort of follows it up with like uh, every time I tried to leave DC, Dan would do something that would basically like force me to pull back or, or like sort of like force me to come back, and so his thing was like. He's talking about Green Lantern. He's basically like, we need someone to take over Green Lantern, and I want it to be you. And he's like, no, 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 I can't do it. 
Um, and he's like, well, if you were to do Green Lantern, what would you do? And then that got the ball rolling in Morrison's head, and he's just like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and I, I guess for this one, the, a similar offer was made, except that they had mentioned that as a part of the 5G initiative, you know, Superman would basically be working with the authority to take over the world in a very authoritarian, you know, fascistic kind of um, attitude. And Morrison was like, I don't want to see Superman like that, so I'll come in and I'll write the book, but I'm not going to do it like that. And then was like, all right, cool. Well, I got what I wanted because we got Grant Morrison to do Superman again, and, and I think that's what they wanted. So there's a part of me that thinks that, that there may have been some truth to that, but it also may have been kind of like a, a, a bait and switch where it's just like, I'm going to tease this idea of creating you know, this horrible version of Superman only to basically force you back in to revise it and do something better and to just get you writing Superman again, which is what people really want. Um, I don't know. Can you really trust the judgment of a guy that hates Dick Grayson and Wally West? I can just because he's pulled moves like that before and he's very good at pulling people who are generally more reluctant to do certain things into doing them. That is both a good thing and a bad thing. um, Because in some ways, like with, um, I think, the worst example in recent memory would be Heroes in Crisis, which um, was like a... Very, very much like a, a, a kind of case of, you know, Dan being like, oh, Tom, you should really do the storyline, but like this, right? And, you know, Tom kind of expressed his reluctance towards using certain characters like Wally and then eventually was just kind of acquiesced and was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Um, so, I, 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 like I said, it goes both ways. Like, you can sort of have a case of, yeah, you get Grant to do Superman again, but you also get you know arguably one of the most controversial events in recent memory so uh yeah it goes both ways that being said i i think um in the absence of both harris and didio getting you know mark wade to do a, a kind of a fun book like this is is a worthy sacrifice that sounds mean but i know that both of them are going to be fine so i can't really feel too bad about it like both of them will you know, be able to work in comics elsewhere. It's not like they're out of a job. They're maybe working at a Denny's or something. But um, yeah, I, I, the, the point is, it's it's nice to have a book like this, and it's nice to have you know Mark Wade back in a place that I would consider he belongs more than any other. He did some great stuff at Marvel. I won't deny that. But um, it's just nice to see him back in the DC universe proper again. And my hope is that this and the the uh, unannounced Black Label book that he's supposedly doing with Brian Hitch that's going to be some kind of sequel to Birthright. Um, my hope is that this is only the beginning of a lot more projects uh, for, for Mark Wade in the future at DC. Um, Me too. Yeah. That being said, uh, I only had one other thing to talk about, and that was just the announcement from Sean Gordon Murphy, a very notable cartoonist, I'm sure you guys all know, from Batman White Knight and Punk Rock Jesus and Tokyo Ghosts and a million other books. Actually, Joe the Barbarian, which I just read recently, was really good. Uh, speaking of Grant Morrison, um, but Sean Murphy just announced that uh, I guess kind of the end of the trilogy or the, the final book in the White Knight trilogy, Batman Beyond the White Knight, will be coming out March 23rd, um, and that will, like I said, kind of be like the, the final chapter in this trilogy, and will primarily focus on, of course, Terry McGinnis and the characters from Batman Beyond, um, 
and uh, and also uh, to my surprise at least uh, Jason Todd who I guess was revealed to be alive at the end of Curse of the White Knight and is going to have kind of a, a center role in this story so some really cool stuff coming up in that series in particular good mm-hmm. yeah I cannot wait for that White Knight is what, the first White Knight was what a couple of years ago now was 2017 it? don't you feel Holy old shit. I know don't you feel old I was I was literally looking back as I was like your face I was like I was like, <laughs> I was like wait didn't this come out like two years ago or something and then I checked the date and it was like September 2017 I'm like fuck it was four years ago I was, I was here I was about to say that was my my book of the year in 2020 yeah like, well so wait, so didn't come out in 2020. The, the thing the thing that kind of clued me at first was Every single White Knight book has been at Black Label, but the first one was out before there even was a Black Label, which should kind of clue you to the fact that it's been a while since that first one came out. Yeah. Indeed. Wild. Yeah. So yeah, it, it looks really cool. I have some preview images on uh, uh, some comic sites, Newsarama, AIPT, all that kind of stuff, so you can check it out now. All that stuff looks really good, and I love this rendition of the the Beyond suit. It just looks so cool. Um, it's got like a lot of like really cool like lines and, and details added to it. So I'm super yeah, stoked. Yeah, I to saw check it out. I saw a shot of that on the internet. That was it. It does. It looks pretty wicked, man. Yeah. Well, I all, guess all uh, those designs were really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I would I would encourage everyone. I'm like late to the party, but like I, I, I had never read Joe the Barbarian before. Um, but my God, the level of design work in that book is insane. Like it's just, you could tell he was just, actually no, I'm, I'm gonna plug another one from a writer that I, I usually am not a big fan of, but that is Chrononauts from Mark Millar and Sean Murphy. Uh. Um, that book is actually no yeah no that that one I, I, may, I may even plug more than Joe the Barbarian because that one is just like you can tell Murphy is having so much fun because there's there's so many like double page spreads and splashes of just like the most crazy detailed shit that you could imagine I think the third issue was literally just a car chase through time just to give him an excuse to just draw a bunch of shit and I was like I, I can't complain about this so, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it looks to be very engaging and hopefully it's a satisfying conclusion to this trilogy. Now, Hal, if we're plugging other books, um, <laughs> just, just on a whim, because every time I hear Mark Wade, the, the first book that pops in my mind is probably my favorite one of his, despite his impressive fucking catalog. Yeah. Uh, it's Irredeemable from Boom Studios. Oh, dude, I got the, um... I got the compendium like on sale. I think oh, yeah. in May of last year. That was such a good read. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, it was and long, the, but it's good. The sister book, Incorruptible. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't read that one, but um, that one, yeah, it, it's loosely tied, but mm. it is is still tied in the same. Yeah, universe. that one was just as entertaining, but I well, think Irredeemable was far better. Yeah, it was it was funny because the reason that I was. I wanted to read that book was there were all the rumors basically surrounding that Mark Wade was going to be coming to Superman after, you know, after the death metal stuff. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, I've already read Birthright and I've already read Kingdom Come. So what, what else that is like Superman-esque, you know, can I read? And then someone was like, oh, there's a book called Irredeemable that's basically an evil Superman. I'm like, all right, sold. 
let's check it out. Um, yeah, no, was, I remember that. It was, uh, it was pretty good. I, I would co-sign that as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Josh turned into Cortana from Halo for a second there. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other thing I've got this week, and it's not even really mine, it's, it's the world's news. And this is just a, one thing I wanted to shout out. This week is arguably the biggest week in the MCU, at least since Endgame. We've got Hawkeye Episode 5. We've got Spider-Man No Way Home coming out this week. And for all who may not know, and probably don't know, there's a lot of shit coming out between both of those. And it's... I won't say anything. But you gotta check them out. It's going to be huge. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. And if you've been following the MCU thus far, you're going to love it even more. <laughs> I, I will. I will say one thing, and it's basically gonna sound like a spoiler, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. So if you don't want to listen, skip this part. But um, if you are a a fan or were a fan of the Netflix Daredevil show, um, all I will say is that. Some of the stuff that may be coming this week will be very satisfying for you. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's specifically one of the things I was trying to avoid. Yeah, I know, yes. I know. But I, I just like I can't not say yes. it's hard not to because yes. that was such a great and show. So again, just click ahead fifteen seconds for that point. <laughs> this is why you need to pay attention to both Hawkeye this week and Spider Man for yes. that very same reason. If you enjoyed Netflix Daredevil, pay attention to both of those. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I, I don't have any more news, Josh. Did you have anything you wanted to mention? Um, on mute? No, not really. Uh, I will admit that ev- even though I'm far from the biggest Marvel fan, I am enjoying the Hawkeye series so far, although I'm not up to date. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple more episodes to go. And then I guess before uh, before we get into the books, I'm just gonna shout out to the um, Christmas theme books that came out this week, holiday theme books that came out. Uh, they have their anthology one that always comes out f- for for every holiday. Tis the season to be freezing. Uh, Batman the Imposter. It's not really a Christmas themed one, but uh, it is definitely a great book check that out urban legends is all christmas shit and then future state gotham if manga is your cup of tea they're not turdy enough to be on the dump list they're out there they're just not important enough to cover (laughs) which future state gotham just an honorable mention before we get into the books i read it today and it's a new story arc it's getting more interesting there there's no mention of Jason Todd or the next <laughs> Batman or any of the other Batman, but Grifter is in it, and it's the next storyline, and it looks really cool. Yeah, no, Grifter's a, in it. It's a, a just kind of like a solo Grifter issue, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Yeah, you will not like the ending, Josh. <laughs> well, that's got me hooked. <laughs> totally want to read it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, well, before we get into our regular books for this week, we're going to have a bit of a lightning round, breezing through some of the books that we just kind of want to briefly mention, uh, let you know that they are out there in the world and you can read them, um, and, uh, and, and give our brief thoughts. So the first one up is Robin's number three. Rob will give us the quick summary and uh, share his thoughts. Okay, so this is from writer Tim Seeley with art by Baldemar Rivas. Colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters from Steve Wands. Basically, the Robins are trying their damnedest to rescue the gauntlets, their gauntlets. And they just succeed, but Tim goes a little haywire. And as we find out at the end, it's not actually Tim. It's the secret sixth Robin, first Robin, technically, Jenny Wren. Is that her name, so, or is, was that the that, song? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's her that's name. That's actually her name. Oh, okay. Because I know there's, I suppose, the, there's, a, there's a song by Paul McCartney called Jenny Wren. Yeah. No, I, I don't think Tim Drake becomes or, or is her. Doesn't she catch him? She she caught him, but at the end she was using the same hard light technology the uh, junior sidekicks were oh, using. Oh, wow. Yeah, I totally so that, that missed whole that. issue, that the whole time they were in that, that uh, chamber fighting the bad guys, that mm-hmm. was Jenny Wren disguised as Tim. Right. Yeah, so that's why he took such a dark turn for a minute there and then ran off. Um, Jenny Wren, Tim Drake, both last names of birds. I guess yeah. that works. Yeah. At least it's not Carrie Kelly. I hope Paul McCartney <laughs> doesn't see this book. He's going to sue. <laughs> um, the the like light and the like... art are pretty good. I can yeah. say that. Yeah, the art is really interesting. I, I do hope the story does go somewhere more interesting. 7.5 for me. Um, I'm kind of falling off now. Maybe it's just that slow rise to the climax point of the series. We're in the middle where I just, yeah, okay, we'll see where it goes. But it, it's taken a bit of a dip for me. Um, but we'll see where it goes. I, I do feel really silly that I didn't cast Jenny Wren early on because when I was looking up the character to, to see if she had made any other appearances now that we had a name, I found an article from fucking Screen Rant of all places back in May when they first showed the first few pages back when we were still in like round four of the round robin. And they were like, yeah, this character's name is Jenny Wren. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? This whole time I was thinking, who the hell, hell could it be? What was the name? What person? And they had the name the whole fucking time. I feel silly. <laughs> fucking you feel silly. Rant got it before me. Oh my god. Yeah, Brandon didn't get a chance to read this one. I did not. So, but uh, like um, I said, I, I, I <laughs> like I was surprised <laughs> that the character's name is Jenny Wren. Seems like a, right. A, yeah. So someone must be. I gave a, it a seven point seven five. Brandon gave it a seven point seven five. Rob, would you give it? <laughs> 7, 7.5 right on yeah. alright I guess I'll do I Am Batman next Yep. number 4 written by John Ridley with Steven Segoya and Christian Duse on art Rex Locus on colors Troy Petiri on lettering all wrapped in a cover by Gerardo Zafino and Rain Barreto Right out of the gate, we see him saying that he's trying to inspire and telling Seer he's the bad guy because he only uses fear. 
which is completely conflicting to what we had in the last two issues, but not the first issue. None of this makes any sense. For some reason, his Batman has come to symbolize hope. The art is great. The story is great. But whatever this deal is with not being able to decide what this Batman is, fearful or hopeful or whatever, it seems to change by the issue. It messes it all up for me without even with the rest being good. So I'm kind of conflicted here and wasn't sure where to go. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't fantastic. All because of not of of Batman being bipolar. So I'm giving it a seven. Seven seems about fair. I really enjoyed Jace's Batman and Future State, but this so far is kind of just odd. I don't even know what to say about it yet. I just don't. I don't know how to feel. I'm not digging it so far in the present it, day. It feels like mental health problems and punching first, asking questions later, and using fear to take down bad guys. I, you know, I swear that sounds like another comic character I've heard of before, but I can't figure out who Brandon. Do you have any idea who that might be? I, I have no idea, and I'm, I'm actually not doing a bit. I didn't know where you were going with this. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Superman. Uh, Clearly. <laughs> this is supposed to be the next Batman, and, and he's just a reiteration of the first one so far. So step it up, Ridley. I know you got it in you. I give this a no score because I didn't get a chance to read it. So it um, happens. Uh, I will assume that your criticisms are valid, uh, but I don't really have anything to compare it to. <laughs> and speaking of another book that I didn't get a chance to read, uh, Black Manta number four. Didn't get a chance. That's one way to put it. Exactly. Or actually, yeah, more more like I didn't want to. Um, it, it, <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you there, man. Remotely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this is from writer Chuck Brown with art by Matthew Doe Smith, colors by Marissa Louise, and letters from Clayton Cowles. Manta and Gallus the Goat, I'm never getting over that name, get closer to their end goal with Torrid, now reluctantly on their side. Devil Ray makes his next play but discovers a setback <laughs> as his helpers have melted. Uh, completely his fault, but he didn't see it coming. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait for Rise of the Aquaman to start so we can just get past this story. Like, let's just get to the point already. It doesn't feel like it needed to be six issues. There's a lot of just dragging shit out. I feel like from the first issue, Manta and Gallus, I'm not calling her the goat. I haven't seen her do anything yet. She's not the greatest of all time. Uh, they haven't really done anything much from the first issue. They visited three people and ran into Torrid. Who and they then, named? Who who they named? Yeah. And right. the art as the name makes sense. You know, but... What'd you give it, Rob? Uh, Six point five. Honestly, it's it's just I'm okay. I'm into it because of the Aqu- Rise of the Aquaman crossover um, and this this whole new elements. Orange Halcom has me curious, but the whole story as a whole is just dragging. Yep, I'm thinking we could have taken this six issue Black Manta run, put it in the backup part of the first issue of Rise of the Aquaman 
been introduced to all the players we needed to know and just let it go from there. I have fought for Black Manta. I have said, let's give it another week for three months. This shit is aqua awful. It, it's gone all mystical. That doesn't make sense. The art is too much for me. The weirdness is too much for me. Aqua dump it. I gave this a 3 out of 10. Huh. <laughs> nah, fuck. I was trying to do a... You need, you need to do the funeral march. There we go. <laughs> yeah, hardcore. All day long. Yuck. <laughs> Give me back Jackson Hyde and Arthur. Damn it. Gar dolphin. I want dolphin. I don't <laughs> want this shit. Now we only got one more left in the lightning round. Which honestly, this book is so good it could get a full review, but since it's non essential <laughs> can I'm shit, I'm getting ahead of myself. Can you tell that I like it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh that is Robin and Batman from uh Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wen. Uh this is I mean, honestly, not really a ton of story. It's kind of straightforward. Really, it's just um, Dick Grayson is having what would otherwise be classified as a shitty birthday until Bruce decides to give him the ultimate birthday present of going to the Justice League Watchtower. Wow, what kid wouldn't dream of that? Uh, Only he basically tells him to fuck off because I need to do my shit with the Justice League. You can go hang out with the sidekicks. Um, but it's all good. They have a, a pretty fun adventure uh, sneaking out of the Justice League Watchtower and taking care of some mysteries. And um, it seems like Dick has a really good time with them, only to get back and reveal that the whole setup of him meeting the Teen Titans, or people who were basically the Teen Titans, uh, was really just a ploy so that he could gain more information on them and Batman could teach him how to be a secret and untrusting asshole. Uh, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's your issue. Uh, it's really good. I mean, this whole series is so far, you know, for three issues, been pretty good. I'm not really sure how they're going to wrap it up in three issues. It feels like it's got gas for one more, but uh, I guess we'll see. Because I don't know how they're going to tie up the whole arc with Dick, Bruce, and... Killer Croc in a way that works in 48 pages, but um, we'll see. That's my only concern right so, now. So I, I have a theory about that. I don't think that there is going to be... I, I have a suspicion that there is not going to be a fight between the three of them. I believe that Wayland is looking for Dick not because he wants to hurt him, because if he was willing to hurt him, he would have done that the last time. I think I think there's a good chance that maybe Waylon knew his parents or had a thing for his mom or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. But we're only two issues in. I could be wrong, but well, I mean, the next one is the last one, so we gotta. It's gotta be something. <laughs> that that's my suspicion, anyway. I think that's how it's gonna end. And I, oh, the the Robin costume in this is just the tits, man. Oh yeah, 
this yeah, it, it is it is good, but I don't know. I've I've always really been partial to it because it just it, it looks a little weird when paired with the bat suit because the bat suit is pretty base. I mean, it's basically just the year one suit, um, and Robin looks so plated. It just it, it almost looks for a moment. It just looks kind of goofy until your eyes adjust. Where it's like, why is he wearing armor and Bruce is just running around in you know spandex and a cape? Because um, when you're using a kid as a human shield, you want the kid to at least try to survive. I guess, but well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's not based unlimited on, supply. The based based on how to put on a costume and fight crime is a is a limited resource. Yeah, based on how he's acting, though, I don't think his number one concern is his safety. He's literally just like, eh, he's a soldier. He'll shake it off. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's it's a decent looking suit, but I'm I'm always gonna have a soft spot for the classic, you know, pixie boots and the yellow cape and everything. Because I think it just it complements the gray look of, of bat the bat suit pretty well. But it's a, it's not a bad design. I was almost hoping that they would keep the, the like the kind of like shitty one that he had in the first one that he like sewed himself but um this is that that would have been kind of cool yeah because that one at least looks like a marriage but like between the classic one and a bit you know elements of the newer one where at least he has pants but um (laughs) Uh, all day long i gave this a 9.25 and i want to see a volume of this made for every single robin oh that'd be cool yeah yeah, I um, I don't quite know how to score it yet, but I I'm feeling nine point two five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I I was gonna say I'm feeling between eight and nine. I think I'll give it a nine for sure. I'm really enjoying it. It's a fun book, and the art is wonderful. Uh, I just it's given us a line that I, I feel is up there with Frank Miller. We talked a lot about Frank Miller this week. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, uh, he never, uh, I never had a childhood. Oh, God. That was, I think that was that's, literally. That's like the one thing about the book that just is rubbing me the wrong way. Yeah. Everything else is, is so good. It was, it was very good. all-star in that way, where he's just like, well, no, okay, cause, so... no, cause, no, and you know why? I, w- I was thinking that too, because there's literally a scene in all-star where he's like, I'm forcing the kid to eat rats. And Alfred is like, why? That's inhumane. He's like, I ate rats on my journey, so he will too. And I was like, oh, no, I'm getting flashbacks to that. That's not good. Like in a bat. Two words in that word bubble. And it's it's like almost (laughs) Frank Miller wrote it. I, I never had. I think it's a different kind of Alfred contrasting the 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 more gritty Bruce Wayne, though. Yeah. Well, the Alfred in All-Star Batman was, was pretty sympathetic, but again, I think this one this one is almost just like, it's like riding the line between the extreme, extreme version in All-Star and the kind of more like uh, level-headed version that we know from, you know, the main continuity. So it's like somewhere in between there where he's like, he's pushing the line of being just a total asshole to this kid, um, but he's not he's not quite to the point where he's, making him kill rats in a cave and being like, uh, you'll figure it out. Yeah, no, he's not there. Yeah, he's not, he's not anything strange. spy on kids that are supposed to be his friend. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's writing the line, and my hope is that there's some kind of 
cleaner resolution that doesn't make him just seem like a, you know, a totally cold, unsympathetic asshole. Because then it's really not even kind of a relationship. It's basically like, I just kind of took this kid in, forced him to like spy on people, and then told him to fuck off. Kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, personally, so I'm hoping it doesn't yeah. end that way. Next issue is going to be Batman gonna Batman. Alfred say mooring saying more of you don't have you can learn from him but you don't have to be him and then Killer Croc giving the emotional push to Dick to kind of pull him out of the murderous revenge attitude that he had and push him over to Alfred's side. And that's where we get Dick Grayson. But um tis. I'm psychic, put your money on it. Yeah, I'm just hoping I'm hoping or I'm completely my hope wrong. is what that he change? will at least in some ways lighten up like alright I've been kind of hard on this kid let me just pull back for a second and just like not be that so I I don't you know border on abuse basically because I'm I'm pretty much already there well right okay so here's the thing though in in, like in my head canon I feel like Dick was the kid that Bruce learned how to train a sidekick with like dick was his training wheels and he beat the hell out of his training wheels because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing oh yeah Jason, but he, he was he trying to, to do better than he doesn't he, he doesn't have to my, my point is he doesn't have to be abusive like there's a difference between uh, the, someone okay, yeah there's a difference between someone who is is a little bit hard on you and someone who's straight up just like i'm going to throw you in a basement force you to eat I'm just going back to All Star because it's the one that's like just the crazy <laughs> well yeah it's the worst um, one but it's, it's like, like... I'm, yeah I just I, that that is like once you start riding the line of abuse it starts to become just a little bit problematic for me because I, I just I don't like that that relationship we're talking about a guy that goes 20 hours a day day and night trying to do good in Gotham City so he's obviously got good intentions but he does dress up as a bat and let's face it the guy is a psychopath and even though he's got the good intentions I mean what do you think a psychopath raising a child looks like yeah but I again I I, I don't I don't I don't think you need to necessarily take it to an extreme um, and I, I think I think I always go to. I the, will say, don't I, make I the kid a, eat fucked up shit. Yeah, I, I, teach well, him I always, how to hold his his breath long time. Teach him kung I, fu. Yeah, <laughs> I, I always I always go back to the thing that Pete Tomasi said, which was basically before doing you know Batman and Robin, he kind of really struggled with it because he obviously has kids, and the idea of you know sending your kids out to be brutalized is just it's it's horrifying for you in that sense. So. Oh, yeah, there, there's two distinctions that, that I think kind of helped him that always kind of helped me think about the relationship. Number one, it is comics, so there's an element of, um, you know, non-realism that you can kind of apply where there is a world that can exist where, you know, children can be superheroes. So it's, it's not our world. We don't have to necessarily to apply all the same levels of physics and logic. Um, but on the other hand, it's so you know, it's like, well, it's, uh, I, I don't know about that. Um, but the other one was basically just, um, you know, basically taking it, taking it to a point where there's a line in the sand that you, you kind of won't cross. And some would say that that's already been crossed, given there's been multiple Robins who have died. But for the most part, you know, senseless violence towards them or, or even 
you know, abuse from, um, from their mentor is, is usually the one where it's like, okay, there's a line that we will not cross, and it is that, right, where we show him actually being abusive. Um, and I, I think for me especially, it's just like I, I would find that to be incredibly problematic if that line were crossed in a way where it's just like, let's not, you know, let's not do that. Obviously, there's certain things about the relationship you can pick apart, um, but yeah, once it starts to be abusive, where it's just like, you know, you're, you're just brutalizing the kid for the sake of brutalizing him, that for me would just rub me the wrong way. But anyway, we've yeah, don't, we've, we've don't gone get on a, me wrong. All star yeah, Batman we've, we've and Robin on a tangent is complete and utter trash. Okay, yeah. <laughs> entertaining trash, like most you, trash. Uh, but um, the art was nice. Yes, yeah, yeah. Hello. Okay, I'll quit beating on it. Oh, sorry. I thought I lost you guys for a second. You just went quiet. Um, yeah, no, once it, I think if it, if it ever approaches the line of abuse, um, that for me is just like, okay, this is you know, too far. Let's, let's not go this far to the point where, again, you're just brutalizing someone just for the sake of brutalizing him. Like if you, if you were to you know, have a scene of just you know, Bruce beating the shit out of Dick in like the next issue, I'd be like, okay, too far, right? Like there's, there's a difference between training someone to train them and literally just like grabbing a stick beating the shit out of them and saying, figure it out, defend yourself. Like one is I'm trying to help you get there, but I may be a little bit tough. And the other one is just straight up abuse. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm going to beat the shit out of you because I can, because I have the power in this relationship. Um, and that's just kind of gross. So anyway, that's my take. Um, we, can, we can move on to the next books if, if you guys are ready. Yeah, for sure, yeah. man. All right. Well, next up we have Batgirls number one. Uh, the long-awaited series, I would say. Uh, definitely a lot of interesting stuff going into this one, a lot of interesting expectations. <coughs> and that, of course, is brought to us by uh, Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad with art from Jorge Corona and colors from Sarah Stern. The premise is very simple, um, uh, almost like a sitcom in a way, where it's literally just the three Batgirls move to the hill and their new life begins, and also they're like kind of on the run. But really, it's about the three bad girls. Um, and basically, they're, they're moving into their new neighborhood in the hill, trying to figure some stuff out. Obviously, they're still trying to stay off the radar from Seer, who had been sort of um, antagonizing them in the backups of Batman, the Fear State. Um, so in terms of story, there's a lot of setup, which is why I... I Probably won't go into a ton of detail, but it's really establishing a lot of new stuff. So um, <clears throat> you really are, are, you know, getting used to a, a new dynamic with the Batgirls, where it's Cass and Steph in the field, and Babs kind of acting as the the gal in the chair, not the guy in the chair. Sorry, Ned, uh, but the the gal in the chair, <laughs> who's Oracle, will basically be directing them. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, Again, it's, it's, it's almost harder for me to summarize this book because um, while there are a lot of aspects to it and a lot of setup, there's uh, kind of a newer character by the name of Tudor, who's almost like this graffiti artist who we're going to get to learn a little bit more about subsequent issues. But again, a lot of it is, is really mostly just sort of set up um, and establishing the, the dynamics of them living in the hill, the three Batgirls living together and what that's like. Um, and, you know, set up for the next one, which is the big reveal at the end that there are still some acolytes of Simon Saint, known as the Saints, who are advocating for the 
return of the magistrate um, and that the magistrate will remain in place and that the Batgirls are seemingly going to have to confront that in our next issue. Um, because, of course, we cannot be done with the magistrate. Yeah, or at least remnants of it. This one I'll take. If it's like a smaller version, I'm like, all right, as long as it's not like we have to, the whole city has to deal with it. Like, yeah, I would not want to deal with that again. Um, but at least for this, I I, I mentioned in, in our, our Discord server that this is a book that I will be interested to see people's reactions to because it was initially kind of advertised as, as an all-ages book. And I think that is definitely more true having read it um, because the tone of this book, while a lot of fun, I can definitely see how it would be... I'm trying to say this without sounding mean, but almost too juvenile <laughs> or too childish for some people. Um, and Not quite as bad as uh, Diana... Yeah, not not quite as bad Junior as a, a young, Diana, but, um, young Diana, but it's it's interesting for anyone who is kind of familiar with Becky Cloonan, you'll know that she was one of the lead writers on Gotham Academy, which was basically you know a, kind of an all ages type of book set at a, a school in Gotham, and this feels very much like and that. And it was good. Yeah, and it was pretty good. Um, and I, I again, I, I think if you were someone who was willing to give that a chance and really enjoyed it, you will probably really like the tone of Batgirls as well. For me, I think it's going to take a little bit just to kind of acclimate my brain to be like, okay, this is the type of Batgirl story that we're telling, and then I'll be able to kind of be like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm ready. But for this first one at least, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is the direction. All right, well, I can respect it, but I, I just, I'll need to see a little bit more before I form a final opinion. So it got a 7.5 for me. I think the standout was definitely Jorge Corona, who's amazing, um, and whose stuff I've been getting a lot of lately. Like, you know, we get our, our image review copies and, and the book that's been coming out from Jorge and Scotty Young called um, uh, The Me You Love in the Dark is amazing. And uh, getting this and getting that book and also getting the backups and like a couple of short stories and anthologies that he's done feels like I've been getting a lot of Jorge lately um, which is good because he's just knocking it out of the park on this book um, so yeah again 7.5 for me it's going to take a little bit time I think just before I'm fully settled into the dynamic but I at least like that this book exists like I, I love that they can just kind of do this Batgirls book and hopefully it finds a really strong audience among people of all different ages and demographics because that's kind of the goal. Um, but yeah, no, for me at least, it's going to take a little bit of time to adjust to it. But uh, on the whole, um, I'm, I'm at least interested to see where it, it could go or where it might go. Yeah, um, I... Me too. Oh, go ahead, Rob. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So I like the art. It, and I like the art because it, remind, it reminds me of Riley Rosmo. Oh, you're horrible. Why would you? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's cartoony, and it's fun, and it's cute, and I like it. But the story, this and also the first issue, I find it a little lacking. It, for a first issue, you expect a lot of plot, a lot of story-driven stuff to get this sense of, like, what the hell are we doing here? And I feel like there wasn't really a lot of it. 
a lot of it was just spent like i think there was three pages straight of them just moving stuff out of the van <laughs> it just seemed a little lacking for me and for the love of god i know they're teenagers but growing up and i i have a lot of nieces and nephews from both sides of my family becoming teenagers now I've never seen a single teenager in my entire life speak the way they speak in comic books. Can we just stop with the teen speak, please? It's very distracting. Really? <laughs> I actually, it's, it's funny. I was thinking, not the opposite, but I was almost thinking, like, they don't sound like, te- they sound like, they sound like what someone thinks a teenager sounds like in some ways. Yeah. Um, which was, again, I, that's what I was like, I feel like I'm going to have to adjust to this because it's, it's almost like, it's it's almost like exactly what you just said. Someone who has like a teenage daughter or a niece and was like sitting in the corner taking notes on what they say <laughs> and then basically gave their own spin on it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it's just too much for me. Um, so as a whole, I, I gave it a six point five. It wasn't enough to completely sell me. But I am curious to see where it goes. Um, the Batman Beyond reference was really nice. If you guys didn't catch that, I did not catch that. I've been waiting for you to say what that was. So yeah, me there too. was <laughs> the, and I, I trust my Batman Beyond knowledge. I meant to, to fact check this because I like to fact check before I spill my mouth. But uh, the art gallery poster that Steph found for Spellbound. that was the name of the episode and i can't remember the name of the villain but that was the name of the episode was it spellbinder spellbinder yeah Yeah. and i think the name of the episode was spellbound and that was like the the color scheme and the symbol and the the that spellbinder had based on the poster with the hand and the spiral yeah yeah i just always loved that villain the batman beyond villains galleries they were great yeah what's uh i mean again we want to focus on the books but there there is in the the batman um beyond the white knight teaser um if you if you look at all the characters that are kind of like on the cover one of them and i think murphy even mentioned it in like an interview is Derek powers who was blight yes and i loved blight because he's just like he's just such a great villain and i love like that I, I hope I hope like I know it's total fan service, but I hope I hope they find a way to bring Blight in or make Derek Powers Blight because I just I love that design of like the you know like the green skin, basically like the green skeleton skin and like the business suit. It was just it just looked really cool. It, it looked cool, but he was essentially Doctor Phosphorus. Pretty much, yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna say it's the most original thing, but it did look cool. Maybe I just like that aesthetic of like the green skeleton look. Green skin, black skeleton. You have no idea how little that narrowed that down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, my favorite Batman Beyond villain before. Just <laughs> we're talking about Batman Beyond. Ink, Ink is probably my absolute favorite. Really, I think mine is oh, yeah. probably Shriek because I just oh, I, I like that name and I like that power of just using sound. Yeah. They they had a lot of creative ones. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm looking it up now. And Rob, congratulations! You are right. It is Spellbound, the tenth episode of Batman Beyond, according to the DCAU wiki. So, you're correct. You win a car. Wait a damn second. 
I didn't know there was a car at stake. Yeah. You win Let's a go brand get it. Let's new go car. Get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You guys have the prices right in Canada, right? Uh, we have yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when we guess the prices, we get them wrong every time. Uh. We always have to like run the the exchange rate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, before we continue that, and this is not really a tangent, this is just a throwback to a book we already talked about, something I forgot about to mention, and that happened in I Am Batman, now that we mentioned the Magistrate and Simon Saint, we, we saw Simon Saint get killed. Dude's oh, straight up oh, really? dead now. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely forgot to... Oops. Yeah. <laughs> you and know what? I think it was just something I felt like should have happened so 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 long ago that it just felt right. I I can agree with you there, but I also <laughs> felt like the character would be around for a while, like something would happen with him and if he was going to have a death scene, I did not expect it in I am Batman <laughs> because I did not think I am Batman was going to continue any of that storyline at all. I thought it was going to focus on its own thing. So that was, a, uh, that was hmm. a bit of a twist for me, anyway. So I guess it's safe to say the magistrate's officially gone. Well, apart no, from, we, no, they're not. Like the, we get the the few people that are. Well, they're, yeah, they're like they're like the... loyalists, but it's not like the whole program. Yeah, yeah they're they're yeah, like no. remnants of it, basically. Yeah, we we always seem to have remnants of things in Gotham. But I thought Batgirls was a fun story. I thought it was interesting. I thought it looks good. I thought it's readable, even if you're not for in the intended age group. I actually hope that this goes somewhere. And I hope that it's not just some little one-off little side thing. Um, I know. I know. I want everything to go together, like all the time. I want every story and every title to be woven together and make this perfectly universe. I know, but listen. Wouldn't it be cool if everything was like woven together and it all made this one perfect little universe? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I'm just kidding, man. But this was a. I thought that that. This was a pretty good book, and I gave it a 7.75. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, on to our next one, which is, according to this list, Teen Titans Academy number nine. Josh, take it away. All right, that one was written by Tim Sheridan, art from Mike Norton, with hi fi on colors, Rob Lee on letters, and a cover from Rafa Sandoval and Alejandro Sanchez, and boy, is it a nice one. They make a hell of a team. But anyway, uh, the issue starts out with Wally seeing Roy for the first time. At this point, I'm still unsure about Roy because it's the same one that was just out there with Darkseid, but it doesn't really seem like it is. That one scrapped all of his past stuff, even his hat. This one has his latest gear. I mean, it's probably nothing, but it's there, and I paid attention to it. Anyway, um, no one there doubts anything, though, and Wally keeps going and getting more fast food, even stuff banned in the U.S., but not in Canada. And, I mean, (laughs) let's be (laughs) honest here. 
it would happen the other way. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it would happen the other way. The U.S. would not ban something before Canada did it. Um, but anyway, Dane, Matt, Alinta, and Tress are no-shows for class, and it turns out that the four of them are trapped in some kind of barrier. Simon, that weird psychic dude with the weird head, has summoned them to a meeting, along with Red X, to form his fearsome five again. Back to the academy where there's a big party thrown, Vi-Stitch for Nightwing's birthday, I think? Was that right? Is that what it was for, Nightwing's birthday? Very vague. Or like a dance or something. But anyway, Summer tells Starfire about not being able to get into into in touch with the four kids at the academy says they're missing starfire says no there was five but we don't hear the fifth one of course mm-hmm. uh m- before i move on i just want to say stitch you throw one hell of a party um oh also uh uh, uh garth shows back up aqualad yeah. yeah so he he made an appearance nice um, Red X gives dialogue that tells us he's the last mending student, confirming what we just read on the previous pa- in the previous pages. When he says that they don't even know our names or what powers we have, I was like, yep, you're the student for sure. The four of them start to consider what Simon is saying, and Dane agrees. Red X tries to talk them all out of it, but then he snaps. Next, we see a decapitated Simon and a red X saying that Simon was never going to stop. I'm assuming he means controlling the kids, just as the Titans show up. The five of them are, uh, the five of them them that were missing, counting red X, exit through a portal, and Dane tells the Titans not to follow them. I think this is easily the best issue in this series since its inception. It, it, the art was a little tiny off in a few places, but other than that, it looked really good. And it was a fun read that moved the whole story. I thought it was really well done, man. Um, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with the 8.5 for me as well. I feel it. We're getting close to Red X. Just let's get this done. So we can right? It's like, take that fucking mask year. off. I th- I think we're going to get it in, if, 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 if not the next issue, the one after that. I mean, if, if this is going, and I'm completely talking out of my ass here, if this is going to like a 12-issue storyline, then we're probably getting it in the 12th issue. <laughs> like, oh, be, is this only gonna going 12? No, I don't think like the series is going twelve issues. I like I said, I'm just completely talking to my ass. I'm pulling numbers out of thin air, but um, I think the storyline is only limited, and then we're getting to another storyline post Red X world, and whatever the final issue of this storyline with Red X is, that's when we're going to get the reveal. Mm. That makes sense. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, it was all right. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, honestly, just based on the cover and everything, I, I wanted more out of the reunion. 
than what we got. Um, and, and I was basically, I would get to scenes where, you know, it was Roy and Wally and the rest of the new Teen Titans. Um, and then we have to cut away to the other characters. And I'm like, I don't care about them. Well, I care about the, the, the Titans that I know. Um, which is very selfish, I know, but um, I, I think that was just kind of more of what I wanted out of this issue because it was supposed to be the reunion. Um, and I feel like we got bits of that, but I, I just I, I wanted to be more satisfying. Um, and as for the other plot stuff, you know, it's, it's all right, it's interesting, but it just, for me, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, I, I, I think I would have preferred more of a old Titans-focused reunion issue just to kind of, okay, we're doing that, address that, and then we can move on. But it just, it feels like it was trying to cut between the two, and it just didn't really work for me. Um, so yeah, this got a 7 out of 10. Okay, fair enough. Who do you guys think Red X is? I don't know, Billy <laughs> or something? I, at you, this I point, mean, I don't even care. Somebody that can snap and rip Simon's head off. I'm I'm still I'm doubling down on uh, Miguel. Yeah, could be. But I don't know Miguel's history. I didn't read a lot of like the modern Dial H stuff, so I don't know if he was in the Foster system or not. Billy makes sense just with the Foster stuff, but I don't it even does. remember where Billy is. After he typically Miguel Miguel yeah, as someone who did read the Dial H series, Miguel was like. I think he's like a runaway now, basically, because from yeah. what I remember, he was like working with his uncle's like truck or something, like a mayo-themed truck or whatever, because his parents had died, and that's why he did was like basically upset with Superman. Um, but then I guess he ran away with that other girl whose name I don't remember, um, and presumably just kind of stayed on the run until he joined the Titans Academy. So I guess technically he is an orphan, but he doesn't, like, he has guardians in his life, and he wasn't living in a foster home or anything, so. Fair enough. I'll still double down on Miguel. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you could be right. You really could. Um, I'm thinking here, and I could be wrong because, I mean, you know, my memory and shit, but if I'm not mistaken, Typically, in order to dial the H dial, you dial four digits. Is that right? Yeah, it's just hero, I think. You just dial hero. Like yeah, the but name. But what if, if you dial something else, odd things will happen? Yeah, if you like dial it like backwards, uh, think something happens. I don't remember exactly. Think it like, oh, I, th- I think it like makes you a villain or something. Um, um, well, okay, if I, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but during the time of Bendis's Wonder Comics imprint, didn't he make it so that they could, uh, that they had a way to dial up specific heroes? I have no idea. I know that was, I think, like a part of the New 52 Dial H run, but maybe it was. I don't know. I, I kind of fell off the Young Justice train. Um, about halfway through. So for all I know, it very well could have happened. I think that was the case. And if that's the case, and we're putting both of those ideas together, then Red X is four things. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they're all very possible. 
and so he could have four lines in the next. <laughs> I I think I think it all connects, and I I I right now I can't think of anybody better than Miguel to be Red X. I'm gonna have to go with him, and I'm gonna ask all the time until we get the answer. I'm Oh, yeah. Cool. You gotta have. Don't you get into like you get you like detective novels? Be the detective, Brandon. Figure this out. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know if I care enough to figure it out. If I'm being honest. Uh, well, see, that's just it. If you don't care, you can approach it from a detached point of view. <laughs> and I'd have to find the energy uh, to, to 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 actually want to do that. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you could put, you could make a list of all the clues and, and something like that, and um, someone I don't think there has been any. someone someone could find a way to still prove that you're wrong. I, I don't know. I think we'll just like Rob said, have to wait till that twelfth issue and see what happens. Ooh. Of all the things I want to be leaked. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. We will be right back. We're going to take a brief commercial break, so stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. Hope that wasn't too terrible. Next up, we have Wonder Girl number six. This is, of course, brought to us by writer Joel Jones, this time featuring art from Leila Del Duca and colors from Jordi Belair. Um, again, I, I hope that my review does not sound too short, but this was a fairly short read, at least from my part. Um, <clears throat> Yara has escaped from Olympus and fallen back first into uh, Tartarus, where she is confronted at first by three serpent ladies who seemingly are, are looking to investigate what the hell she is, but then once they find out what she actually is, they start to freak out and run away in terror. Uh, only to be, I guess, upstaged by another giant who I assume was Tartarus himself, or I don't know, something like that. But that giant basically steps on Yara, knocks her unconscious, where she's thrown into a cage alongside, uh, well, no one, but someone on the outside, rather, Eros, who uh, she hopes can free her from the cage. But it turns out that Eros is actually just going to kind of let her stay there, because she will not work for Olympus, and that is not okay. Um, but thankfully, Yara is able to escape, um, <clears throat> fighting off the giant and revealing some particularly badass powers that um, really are able to, to keep the giant at bay before she can escape and uh, run to the gates of Olympus. Um, meanwhile, outside the gates of Olympus, the uh, third tribe of Amazons have assembled and are working to free Yara from the clutches of Hera and her cruel people. Um, <clears throat> And Donna and uh, Cassie are along for the ride, just wondering what it can all mean and, and, and hoping that it doesn't get too crazy. Um, but as Yara is trying to get through the gates of Olympus and hoping that she can turn the wheel and open the doors, who should appear but, well, three men dressed in Greek-inspired garb who are seemingly going to try and stop her from entering the gates. And, uh, and that's it. Like, it's, uh, it was definitely a... Very nice looking read, very quick read, but there really wasn't a ton of story to it. Um, so it just kind of, it, it felt very much like treading water. Like Yara escapes, does some stuff, we get some 
more information on the third tribe and their efforts to you know bring Yara back to them basically but other than that I don't know it just felt kind of slow for me um, like it just it, it it didn't really progress anything in the larger story at least not that I could tell uh, so I got a seven and a half some really great art from Leila Del Duca working perfectly with the colors but um, yeah other than that I didn't have a, a ton of thoughts on it honestly um, a very quick read Certainly some interesting stuff, but just, just not a lot of substance to it. All right, so I look at this, because obviously there's a big battle coming, right? I looked at this as the issue that had to happen because not a lot progressed. Just a little bit of tiny things. We found out she's not going here. She's not going there. I don't even know if she knows that the other places looking for her um so it introduces a little bit of uncertainty it has to exist um so that it's not just everybody finding out and then boom we're in the middle of a battle because honestly i i know that if i'd read that i'd be pissed that there was no no lead up to it there was nothing going on it's like she's putting a cup up to her mouth uh, saying she's gonna do it, and then the next thing you know, she's down on the ground being Wonder Girl, and I I, do, I think that this issue had to happen. Um, I I don't know what tribe she's gonna end up with. I can't say for certain if she'll go back to her actual tribe or not. But I am enjoying the story and how uh, I'm enjoying the whole ride and and how pretty the drive is. I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. I thought that was worth a snicker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will also sound the same thing you guys did. The art is just gorgeous, as it has been since the very first issue. And the plot is moving along somewhat. I just wanted to get somewhere faster. Just a little bit faster, because to me it really feels like it hasn't moved much since issue 2 we've just been in the same spot for all the characters it feels like for a while mm-hmm. um, Yara in I think it was just before she escaped the cage there was a brief period and I'm, I'm sorry Brent I don't remember if you mentioned it in your synopsis where she had the, those flashes of the of three different images one with Diana holding a child which suspiciously looked like her and then there's another one with uh, the three warriors the three archers and then there's the three uh, steel or armor clad men that we then saw at the end of the issue so I'm thinking are those other images looks into the future mm. because those three archers look suspiciously like the tribe that is on the other side of the gates yeah it could be to fight and if this is a look into the future then maybe Diana's on her way too Yeah, could be, could be. I'm pretty sure that was Diana mm-hmm. holding that child. That's what it looked like to me. Very well could so be. So that, that does raise some interesting questions. Where Where's her position in all this? Oh, yeah. Because as far as the, the three tribes going to war, she's pretty much the only Amazonian that's not involved so far. Yeah. Where is she going to fall on that? Probably on the side of, side of the mascara, but... We'll see. She's probably going to garner for peace overall. 
Uh, but that's in a future issue. For this issue, I, I enjoyed it, but I can agree it was a little slow. 7.5 for me. 8.25, guys. It was 8.25. It was a good book. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next up we have Wonder Woman 782, keeping in line with all things Wonder-related. Uh, so, yes, Josh, we do. tell us about that one. All right, it was... Written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan. Art from... Just just one. Sorry to interrupt, Josh. You got really quiet. I can just barely hear you. Oh, all right. Well, let me fix that up. How's that? That is better. Say something one more time. Something one more time. Okay, that's good. All right. All right, let's try that again. Written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan. Art from Marcio Takara. Tamara Bonvillain on colors. Letters from Pat Brousseau. And a cover from Rachel Dodson. This one starts with Diana and Deadman on the plane. A mass of Wonder Woman copies outside. The plane is attacked. The heroes save it. A bunch of insignificant stuff happens. She puts the sword back from Siegfried. Dead man's body rots. There's a new guy calling himself the image maker, master of mirror world. But I thought we already had one called mirror master. Yeah. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah, but it's a different mirror. It's it's the yeah. opposite of mirror world because he's. <laughs> He's mirror master, but this one's the master of the mirrors. So it's 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 opposite. You know? Totally different, huh? Yeah, it's, really, it's just a reflection of each yeah. other, if anything. Yeah. Well, this is a reflection of a bad decision on me. You duped me. I fought for you to come back, Princess Diana, and you duped me. It's my vote that this goes back on the dump list until the big event kicks off. Oh shit! Unless that turns turd two. I'm very upset with this book, and I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. It's really pretty to look at, man. I like it, but I knew I'm mad. Oh, shit. I I was really enjoying this issue. (laughs) This story arc I thought was a a lot more interesting than her uh, trip through the afterworld. I I will give you that, but I just, I I felt like there was going to be more going on than than this. This is just it it still feels like her grabbing onto somebody dead and taking a walk with them. Which I mean I, Dead Man's pretty dead. Exactly. And I mean that's what we just saw her doing with all of the different pantheon heavens yeah. that she went to or whatever. I just I don't I thought that maybe we'd be getting a different book, but it still feels like the diff the same book in a different place. I guess that's the right way to say it. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I I didn't have much to say about it. Otherwise, I enjoyed it. It it was it's a simple story. It's not heavily tied to much yet. It's it's just a villain of the week story, which. A lot of people hate Villain of the Week stories, but I fucking love Villain of the Week stories. <laughs> so this this one's right up my alley anyway. 
Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. It's simple, it's to the point. It's an interesting character, I think, even though, yeah, the, the, the title and the idea is a little silly um, because we have Mirror Master. Like, how is this man any, any different? But all these Wonder Woman copies, I think, is an interesting idea. <laughs> But at the end, I, I can't wait for Trial of the Amazons. I said it before, and it's it's going to keep being said until we just get to the issues. Yeah. Uh, I gave this... A, I didn't read it out of 10, um, because I realized that I basically had not read like the past four issues of Wonder Woman, because we weren't covering it anymore. Um, so I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I need to catch up first before I give this a fair thing because I just I wouldn't want to jump in. Because so I looked at it and it was like, Wonder Woman is on a plane, and the last thing that I remember she was in like, you know, like one of the different worlds with Dead Man. So it was like, it was like whiplash at first. Like I knew she'd come back and everything, but I just I had not kept up, so I, I couldn't really read it, and I. I did not have time to catch up on that in addition to reading the other books in addition to everything else. So um, I, I, can't, I can't really score it. Um, but I, I will try and catch up, hopefully, although it sounds like we're, we have two different sides, one that says it's total crap and one that says it might be a fun read. I guess well, I'll have to turn for I, myself. Yeah, you're going to have to I'll have to, to turn the, for myself. You'll, you're going to have to be the tiebreaker here. Yeah. All right, well, on to our last book for this week, and that is The Joker, number 10. Rob will give us a summary, and we'll move on to our top three books for the week. Okay, this is from Matthew Rosenberg and James Simon IV, writing together with art by Francesco Francavilla and letters from Tom Napolitano with Serenade by Brandon. Uh, so, in looked into the past... Uh, shortly after the events of the killing joke, Jim and Babs are living together, and Babs is having some bad days, and Jim is struggling to help her through them. He's having bad days himself, as the GCPD is keeping him on psych leave despite how much he feels ready to get back to work. After going out and picking up some dinner, he comes home to find James Jr. with Babs and his ex-wife Barbara in the other room. And James hasn't been doing well either, and is scaring Barbara's new husband. She needs Jim to take him and be a positive role model for James. And he reluctantly agrees, and his first act as a positive role model is to yell at him and try to hide a gun right in front of him. Excellent choices. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a gun that was only seen because Batman was stalking outside the window and it frightened Jim. It's all Batman's fault. <laughs> Jim wakes up the next morning to find James is missing, and so is his hidden gun. Because hiding in a drawer is brilliant he goes to harvey bullock for help and harvey brushes it off telling jim he's probably just trying to buy some porn and he'll be back when he can't score despite that he'll still keep a lookout renee montoya then still a beat cop offers jim a ride home she takes him to her next call though a man and a boy have been seen with a gun jim is convinced it's james jr and renee hands jim her firearm and tells him to go save his son he goes in to find the pair, but before he can pull the trigger and take out the man, Batman stops him, as this man only has a water pistol, and despite what was believed, he isn't the Joker. Batman deals with him, and Jim gets James out of there, and in the end, Batman gives Jim his gun back, 
and pleads with him to get the help he needs. So at the end of the day, these are interesting stories, but it's not what I fucking signed up for. <laughs> I signed up for Jim Gordon chasing Joker around the world, and craziness ensues. Hijinks happens. I've I, I, there's good cool stories. I like Matthew Rosenberg. The art is awesome, but it's just not what I'm here for. I like the idea of it. I I, I like the yeah. idea of like. Hey, here's a look back into DC's past where this really traumatic moment happened with the Gordon family and the Joker, and let's try and break that down a little bit, explore it a little bit more. I like that idea, but if you're doing that and it's taking away from the main story, I, I, it just it doesn't really work. Also, it feels like the parts of the main story have been slowing down because you have chapters like this where we have to like... Exactly basically hit the stop you know button and be like okay we're doing this now um yeah. where it's just like again I, I just i feel like you would be better serviced with like a mini series or you know maybe special issues that are not connected to the main story and and can do this so it doesn't just like basically just like halt the progression of the story couldn't have said it better myself there, there was a few things I didn't like. Um, James Jr. is obsessed with this comedian guy. I mean, seriously, by the time the killing joke happened, everyone knew who the Joker was. Or if not, certainly right after then. It was a cool flashback story, but this run has had far too many filler issues. If you have a 12-issue run, have a plan for 12 issues or shrink it down to six for fuck's sake. And then with Punchline, which has been my favorite part of this book, it's just another one that feels like it's dragging out for no reason. It's a decent story, it's good art, but nothing important, and it's really just wasting time. I gave the whole thing around all the, all the way around to 6.5. It's starting to bug the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I get a we seven had... for me. Um, you know, like I said, I, I like the idea of it, and um, you can tell Francesco's just doing some really great work here. Um, oh, yeah, the art's great. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's just the execution is not there, and the fact that it has to be done in service, or actually not in service of the story, basically just like saying. Well, exactly what I said. Where we're okay, we're stopping the story. We're gonna tell you a little story about the killing joke and how Barbara is sad because she feels like people are being overprotective. Um, it's just like, can we not do that? Can we can we go back to the parts with Jim Gordon that people are actually interested in? That, like Rob said, the part that we actually invested in, we signed up for, because um, it's just it's not there anymore. So, yeah, it's 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 disappointing, but. Um, there it is. I don't know. I, I might I might have to nominate this one for the dump list because it's just not really going anywhere. And it feels like these these flashback chapters aren't going to stop. And while they may be enjoyable to some, I just don't know that we really need to dedicate our time to this all that much. Uh, I mean, I didn't have this plan to be nominated on the dump list. This is not 
a, 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 this is not a limited run. This is a, a an ongoing series. Oh. Is that right? Yeah, I, yeah. I believe so. Oh well, then yeah, bite it, man. This 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 is better left than the unread shelf for now, anyway. Mm-hmm. Put it in the pile. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for some trades or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, I would at least like, I, I can agree with that yeah I, I would at least want to say maybe issue by issue because like, we've done with other things if we get stories like this fuck it but the main story seems like we've had some fun with the main story I think that yeah. could be uh, I think that could work too like we could yeah we could do that basically you just kind of ignore the flashbacks and focus on the main story I, li- I like that idea all right, so after the after this arc, we just we just do a little uh, announcement at the beginning of the next episode, telling the people the the necessary issues to read. Well, no, it's it's more like <laughs> let's say thirteen one, two, five, is seven, another, and eleven. Guys. Yeah, it's like let's let's say thirteen is a flashback chapter. We just don't talk about that one. But if fourteen goes back uh, to the main story, we'll talk about that one. So you literally just skip it, pretend it it does not exist, unless you want to mention like, it. It's like how I tell people to watch Arrow. You go watch one, two, <laughs> five, half of seven, eight. <laughs> the others didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> I call bullshit on that. <laughs> they happened. I, uh... Well, I guess that's it. That that wraps up the books this week, doesn't it? It does wrap up our books, which means we will be going into our top three for this week and our standout moments. So, Josh, I'll let you kick it off. All right. My top three going backwards. We've got Wonder Girl. I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, Teen Titans Academy is second place. I'm digging this story a whole bunch. And I gave number one to Robin and Batman. It was it was my favorite book this week. I I loved it. As far as my favorite moment goes, uh, there's nothing. There's really nothing outlandishly amazing this week. But the page where Dick meets the Justice League was pretty cool, and so was the big spread of the younger, soon-to-be team kicking butt on their little mission. So I'm gonna pick those two little pieces to make my big favorite moment. If that's okay with you. That is perfectly all right. We will allow it. We will allow it. <laughs> we will allow it. <laughs> uh, all right, for my, my top three, bit of a twist, number three. <laughs> a twist. I had Future State Gotham. I was honestly just really into this one. The rest of the like the story so far was kind of lacking, but this one really turned it around for me. I really, really recommend checking it out now. Um, number two, I had Wonder Woman because I'm just happy we're out of the Pantheon stuff. And number one, I had TTA. I was again just in love with that issue this time, and we're hopefully finally getting close to the end of the Red X saga. And for best moment. I, I had Garth coming back. Good old Tempest. The whole band is back together now. 
and it was nice to see that was Spike pretty Earth cool feeling a little different a little bit of a weird voice to me but he's less less stern and muscly and more just uh, hey guys I'm, I'm here look at me <laughs> almost like a I don't know a little a little I don't have the right word for it but like almost like desperate like hey guys it's me do you remember me Tempest and I was like oh I didn't realize he cared that much I always thought of him as being more ambivalent remember when I was relevant and actually in books yeah <laughs> the, the real Aqualad just kind of accepts that well I call it, I call it Aqualad Tempest would just be like yeah I'm here whatever exactly <laughs> yeah I don't give a fuck yeah That's his problem. Uh, did you mention your favorite moment? Mine? Yeah. It was oh, Rob's. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a little tough because um, the books this week were, at least in my opinion, not, not necessarily outstanding, just kind of okay. Um, but at least for number three, um, I think I kind of settled on... Um, <clears throat> Wonder Girl, even if it wasn't moving the story forward a ton, I still you know enjoyed parts of it. Um, number two was Batgirls. Again, I'm gonna have to kind of settle into the voice a little bit, but um, you know I, I I think there's stuff there that I could really enjoy. Um, but number one was also Robin and Batman. Number two, that was pretty good, even if there were some criticisms I had of the voice that they gave for Batman, especially towards the end. Um, Really, it's uh, other than that. It's just it's just a really great read. Uh, but my favorite moment, I mean, it was kind of hard to choose because there were some pretty cool moments, definitely well illustrated moments. Um, yeah. But I would probably have to give it to Yara fighting the giant in Tartarus. That was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool one. It was. Yeah. But you know, it's not cool. Things that stink. The biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. I'm going to let Rob tell me his biggest thinker, then Josh, then me, and then we'll close out for the night. That is probably my favorite transition of yours uh, you have ever done. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good one. It's not cool because things that stink are usually hot and steamy. There you go. Like a jacuzzi. So for me, Sorry, it might like not be too record. much of a surprise, and I feel like we're all going to agree. Black Manta, <laughs> Black Manta, it's, uh, 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 it's confusing. It's convoluted. It's crazy. It, it makes no sense. I don't see how it could possibly be related. I don't even know what this is. I don't know what this is either. But I didn't read it, so that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, uh, I really want to know I why she's for called science. Gallius the Goat. Is it Gallius? Why? Is she, it's like Gallius. such a she's dumb a name. I don't like really The care. greatest of all time? She's not a goat. She hasn't really shown off any greatest of all time. <laughs> and he always introduces her. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm David, Black Manta. This is Gallus the Goat. Why? Why? Because <laughs> she thought it sounded cool. <laughs> I guess. Gallus yeah. the Goat. No, it doesn't sound cool. Like, not at all. I'm not a fan anyway. 
And that's why I want to nominate Black Manta, Wonder Woman, and the Joker for the dump list. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how to argue with that, but at least for me, my my biggest thinker for this week was probably a, a toss-up at least um, uh, between Joker or TTA, but I think TTA just slightly beat it out for me just because I had had higher expectations for the reunion than what we ended up getting. Um, but yeah, I... I I, I would have no problem moving those three titles to the dump list. Two? Or, or, or two? I mean... Did you say I, two titles? I said three. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. I thought you said two titles. Oh, no, I'm no, like, no. well, which one do you want to keep? Because I think you hate them all. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, at least for the Joker, I think maybe we could you know, try Rob's idea of just we go issue by issue and and see you know if ones just feel totally non-essential then we don't cover them but you know if ones are actually moving the story forward then yeah we can still try and cover those fair enough fair enough we'll give that a shot see how it goes yep well all right then are we are, oh i mean did you give your oh wait no yeah you did or, or did you yes, nominate did. one or, or, or was it or did you nominate all three for, for i nominated one? all three. Oh. For the for uh, biggest as long thinker? as you guys are good with it, flush them. All right. Well, well, I mean, did you nominate one for biggest stinker though? Oh yes, Black Manta. Oh, all right. Well, then there yeah, you go. I don't even know what that book is. Right. I don't. I don't even know what the point of it is. The art style, how, why it's tied into Rise of the Aquaman, unless it's to introduce Devil Ray and Torrid, which, like I said, could be done in the backup of the first issue. Or in an issue number zero, yeah. It's just, the, 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 this is this is completely unnecessary, and it's not even fun unnecessary. It's just, uh, you know what? Brandon likes to keep things nice, and I will too, just for him. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I appreciate that. Honestly, <laughs> we can uh, do an extended episode where you really go go off on it, or maybe we'll do that yeah. on the the live stream that we'll be having. For our 75th episode, which is coming up in two episodes, which is a good way of plugging that. So guys, we'll be approaching that soon, and uh, we'll be having a, a live stream that will be a lot of fun. We hope you'll stop by, and we'll be promoting that in the next two episodes, of course, just to let you guys know that that is still happening, and we hope you'll you know come and hang out and interact, chat with us, and all that stuff. And I was told that we're going to try and do some kind of interactive thing on Twitter that Rob will manage, so... Uh, we'll hope that you will engage in that as well. Um, but with all that out of the way, uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we will be here next week talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, keep it to each other. And don't be a robot.